check, check. Hey, how are you guys doing? It is Friday, the 23rd of October. Coming to you guys today with a little devotion. I'm going to spend some time in the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah. So if you have your Bibles close by, go ahead and get to those uh, as we as we get started. And then we can go ahead and jump into this. All right. Before we get to it, let's go ahead and uh, just give you a few reminders. Again, the basis of this podcast is Genesis comes from Genesis 2 and 7, which says this. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And the man became a living being. My friends, it is this very thing that this podcast was built off. It's called it's called Life Changers. And from that, it stems from the joining souls community in, in, in harmony and community with that particular verse. God created us each and every one of us and breathed his breath of life into our souls. Okay, and from those souls, through his grace and mercy, in his direction and guidance, we are allowed the opportunity to go out to change lives. And that's where the Life Changers podcast originated from. You can find this podcast on the following platforms. Check on the Anchor platform, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, as well as Radio Public. And again, if you get on Facebook, <clears throat> you'll also find the Joining Souls community page. Feel free to peruse that. You'll just mostly you're, you're going to see on there is links. Uh, each time there's a new podcast episode, I try to upload that link to the Joining Souls page. So please, again, feel free to, to get on there and do that. Before we get going, let's go ahead and uh, start with the word of prayer. Precious Father, thank you so much today. Lord, we ask that you would bless this time that we have. Lord, we ask that you would that you would speak to hearts, that you would change hearts, that you would transform hearts, that you would transform minds. Father, we just were so gracious for this time. And we ask that that your blessings would just pour into this time. May we learn something afresh. May we be reminded. Thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, friends, today is devotion day. And we're going to look at, as I mentioned, the prophet Jonah. And you'll find this book in the Old Testament. I spoke of Jonah at different times. I just need to wet my whistle a little bit. <clears throat> I've spoken of Jonah at different times. And today I was reminded, okay? I, I was reminded, <laughs> it's actually a funny story. I was just kind of reflecting and thinking about a uh, time when our son, he who will turn eight uh, here in the next few months, there was a time where, where I remember in our bedtime routine, okay? And as we would, our, our, as our custom with our son is to spend some time going through a devotion, whether it's watching Superbook or Adventures in Odyssey or reading from the Bible. <clears throat> and as we would, that's normally our routine. And this has been our routine with, with him 
for, wow, since pretty much since he was a baby. Anyway, there was a time, I remember, he might have been about, I'm thinking about three, two or three around that. And I, I remember there was a time in that bed night prep. And I remember as my wife began to gather, gather up our son, <laughs> and she would say to him, say goodnight to daddy, as she would get ready to put him to bed. And what was funny, he would start this elusive sprint around the living room. I mean, he would resist. And you know, as, as I said, he's almost eight. <laughs> now, he, while he doesn't do this now, uh, as far as sprinting around the room, but he, he, he's still resisting it around bedtime. But you know, it's, it's part of who he is and certainly something, something that we love about him. But anyway, thinking of this time specifically when he was two or three around that, and he would run around, and I, I don't, I always wonder what imagine, what was going through his mind as he was sprinting and running around and running from daddy. Um, there, he was most certainly laughing and enjoying the fact that uh, that dad, more than likely, he knew that he'd get caught, that dad would catch him, but. It was the chase. It was having dad chase him. And that was something he liked. And I think sometimes, like, if he knows if 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 I were to certainly were to catch him, it was funny. He, he, he knows that, that daddy would give him a good night, give him a good night kiss. And if I we did all that, that would finalize the bedtime, meaning he had to go to bed. So anyway, this, this made me think of where this is going. It made me think of Jonah. Okay, and the reason why it made me think of Jonah, of course, as I mentioned, my son made it his habit of, of running at bedtime. Okay, so just walk with me on this, and I want to pose a few questions to you. Starting off, let's read this verse out of Jonah. It starts us off, and it says this, but Jonah, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. But Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish. Excuse me. And Jonah, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed, excuse me, for Tarshish. So why is that? Why is that so important? Why is that something we're even looking at? The running away or fled or flee. And as I mentioned it, going through this made me think of our son as he would flee but this is even on a, on a on an even bigger stage here as we think about this the, the circumstances certainly are different why why did jonah run okay but jonah it says that jonah ran away from the lord and headed for tarshish all the translations different ones are about the same but jonah was afraid to go and ran away from the Lord. That was out of the Living Bible translation. So why did Jonah run? Okay. Why did he run? Okay. Did he dislike the people of Nineveh? Okay. Because it says in verse 2, it says this, that God said to him, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Or in the Living Bible, go to the great city of Nineveh and give them this announcement from the Lord. I am going to destroy you, for your wickedness rises before me. It smells to the highest heaven. Hmm. 
so we think about this. Did he, he being Jonah, did he dislike the Ninevites? Okay. And let's, let's look at this, some of, some of the backstory here with regards to the people of God and the Ninevites. These two groups, there was no love between them. Okay, in fact, in fact, there was a lot of time spent by the Ninevites uh, spent pillaging the Israelites and back and forth, okay? And, well, quite frankly, Jonah being asked to go before them, he was angry, right? He was upset. And then we ask why, why would he be upset if God's asking him to do something? Okay, so let's stop and think about this. Why would he be upset? Because God stopped and asked stopped him and asked him to do something. Okay, let's think think with me. Think about your life. When's the last time that that God asked you to do something? Okay? And in that something, think of that time that it was maybe that particular thing that God was asking you to do. It was something that you really didn't want to do, all right? You were opposed to it. Maybe you were fearful. Maybe you were angry. Maybe it was something you were wondering, how How in the world am I, am I going to face this, whatever this thing is that God's asking me to do, okay? So so let's, let's definitely, all of us, try and suspend our judgment here, right? Because I'm going to tell you, when I first read this story, when I first read this story, I'll be honest with you guys, when I first read it, for me, there was tons of judgment on my end. Judgment to the point where I thought, wow, here's this God, God's calling on him, here's God calling on this guy, Jonah, Jonah, and, he, and he's going to have the audacity to run the other way. Uh, but you know, honestly, how many of us would have run the other way? I'd say probably uh, 80, 90% of us would have, right? So why did he run? Ultimately, ultimately, he said that he knew, he knew that God would show mercy, right? He knew that God would show mercy to these people of Nineveh. He knew this. He knew this. Okay. So, when Jonah finally obeyed, and this being, if you read in the book of Jonah, he was ended up being swallowed by a large fish, right? In that fish, he spent some time in prayer. He spent some time talking to God. And let me read this. I'm going to read this to you guys. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from deep in the realm of the dead. I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths and into the ver into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains I sank down the earth beneath barred me barred me in forever 
but you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And then the next verse, in verse 10, it says, And then the Lord God commanded the fish and vomited Jonah onto dry land. And the Lord ordered the fish to spit up Jonah on the beach. And it did. So guys, look. So we again, we were asking this, why was he in, in such a hurry to head the other direction from what God was telling him? Why would, why would Jonah choose to disobey and not listen and essentially ignore God and run away? Again, like I said, ultimately it came down to what he knew that God was going to be merciful, okay? He knew, he knew, he knew. God asked him later on in this, God gave him shelter from the sun. The, the scriptures say here that he covered him with a tree. But Jonah, to Jonah, this seemed wrong and he became angry. He prayed to God, is this what I said, Lord? When I was, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarsus. He said, this is exactly what I thought you'd do, Lord. When I was there in my own country and you first told me to come here, that's why I ran to Tarsus. For I knew you were a gracious God, merciful, slow to get angry and full of kindness. I knew how easily you would cancel your plans for destroying these people. And folks, this is what it all came down to. By Jonah's own admission, he knew that God would show mercy to these people of Nineveh, okay? And sadly, sadly, Jonah allowed prejudice and hatred to, to keep him from the Ninevites' destiny, okay? He knew that this would happen, okay? And, and by his own efforts, tried to thwart God's plan. But listen, it said this. When Jonah's warning had reached, and I'm stepping back into chapter 3, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne and took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth. Now, sackcloth is, is normally connected with a time of mourning and ashes and sat in dust. This is the proclamation that he gave to Nineveh. Do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may, may yet relent with compassion and turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And it says here in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, because understand, I, I didn't mention, at this time, Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, was full of wickedness. As God said, that's why it rose up to him. He, he, he saw this, and it had to be addressed. They were living in evil ways. And it says here, though, 
that God saw their repentance and he relented, it did not bring on them the destruction that he had spoken of, that he did not. He abandoned his plan to destroy them and did not carry it through. Now, friends, that is the grace and mercy of God. Okay, And likewise, and, I, and I'm jumping here in, in connection here. Remember I mentioned about my wife and I, our son, and how he would run at bedtime and run the other way. But you know, and this is in my humanness, sadly, it depended on the night. I might at one point laugh and, and like, oh, he's so cute. But then on another night, I could be real upset. Like, okay, buddy, stop playing and get real serious. But listen, guys, God is not like me. God, God is God. God is full of compassion and full of mercy and grace. And he showed, he showed such an understanding. And it says, when God saw that they had put a stop to their evil ways, they put a stop, put a stop to their evil ways. That means there's a word we use in and around the church and faith. It's a word called repentance. When God saw that they had put a stop to their evil ways, they repented of their evil ways. He abandoned his plan to destroy them and didn't carry it through. So, so God certainly can do as he wills and as he pleases. He sent Jonah to the city of Nineveh to deliver this message that he was going to bring to swift destruction upon them. Okay? For... 40, in 40 or more days, Nineveh will be overthrown. This is what Jonah said to the people of the Ninevites. The Ninevites believed God and a fast was proclaimed. So from that, from that declaration, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. As per Jonah's message, they repented. They turned to God. Okay, friends, look, and this is, these are the things that, that, that in illustrations and pictures that God gives us, each one of us, the opportunity to turn from our evil ways, okay? And at times, we, we are like the Ninevites. We are stuck in our destructive ways, and God sends someone, a messenger, to say, hey, look, in 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. In 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. There's times that God will send someone into your life, into my life, to say, hey, you know what? Hey, time is short, and God's correction is, is imminent. It's coming. You need to know this. And like the Ninevites, and hopefully like the Ninevites, I should say, that I myself, I've been in that situation before. And I would hope, it, given that, if I were in, say, the Ninevite situation, that 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 word that came to me of correction, that I would heed that, and that, like the Ninevites, I would believe in what God said, and turn, and put a stop to my evil ways, and likewise with yourself, that that as some as God would bring someone into your life and to speak to you, and to say, hey, destruction is coming. You're going to need to change. You're going to need to change what you're doing that you would listen, that you would repent, and that you would put a stop to your, to your evil ways. And listen, guys, look, the only way to put a stop to these evil ways is to allow God to give you the strength 
to do so. Much like the Ninevites, their hearts were immediately broken. Now that doesn't always happen that quickly, all right? Admittedly, we, we all can be stubborn. I know I can be stubborn, how about you, all right? But during those times, what God's looking for, he's looking for a repentant heart. He's looking for a repentant spirit, a spirit that, that like it says here in chapter three of verse five of Jonah, the Ninevites believed God. They believed God. They believed him and declared a fast by a decree of their king. All right. So, guys, here we go. The point is, look, we can learn so much not only from Jonah, we can learn a lot from our children at different times. You can learn from, from ourselves if we allow it. We can learn from the behaviors that, that we witness, whether it's our own or our children. And like our son, he thinks, <laughs> you know, it's, I laugh about it now, but he thinks in that instance that, uh, hey, dad, I don't want to go to bed. So I kind of, I know a little differently here. So he's going to resist. And in that instance, he thinks that he knows better than mom and dad. And how many times is this, I mean, does this sound familiar? When daddy pursues, is that us? When God pursues, are, are we running and giggling and running the other way? Maybe not giggling, but seriously running the other way because we don't want to deal with what's impending and what's coming? Do we know it has to come and it's coming? Okay. <laughs> Jonah, well, Jonah chose to flee. Okay. But God, again, showed him mercy and grace love just like he showed the Ninevites grace mercy and love and gave them an opportunity to turn and stop their evil ways okay this honestly this we can make this principle a thing in our lives it can be something tangible so that we can live in God's will for us right so it's my prayer friends as I share this devotion here today that you that I that anyone who, who listens to this particular podcast will glean and draw from this and hear the message that's spoken, that's being spoken. God may already have sent your Jonah. And listen, that Jonah doesn't, listen what I'm telling you, that Jonah does not necessarily have to be someone to come into your life and say, in 40 more days, God is going to bring down a hammer on you and you're going to be destroyed. It doesn't necessarily have to go in that particular order it can be uh it can be through it could be through your children it could be through circumstances it could be through your studying and reading god's word and it's word that we use you get convicted in your heart that things need to change that you need to stop so guys look let's let's allow let's you let's i you and i let's commit ourselves to have that spirit of repentance. And I dare I say much like the Ninevites who had a repentant heart. Because friends, look, I, I'll tell you you, you, you have so much admiration and respect for God. For God allowed Jonah to be angry. Even, even though he was showing Jonah mercy and grace and love. It got to the point, listen, 
in Jonah's anger after he saw what God did, it said now, it, it said to him, he said to God, now, Lord, take away my life. It got so bad for Jonah that he was like, just take me out now, for it's better for me to die than to live. He said in some translations, same verse, verse three of chapter four, he said, please kill me. Lord, I'd rather be dead than alive when nothing that I told them happens. So he was angry for several reasons, not only because he knew the grace and mercy would, would come to them, but he told them by his mouth and he knew God was going to be gracious there. All right. And God said, God said, is it right to be angry about this? What do you think? Is, was it right for Jonah to be angry? Yeah, I, God gave him the room, and you read this account, God gave him the room to be angry. God's not going to crush us because we're angry about something that God has already decided. Understand that. God is going to give us the room to sulk. And we read this account of Jonah. He spent many, much time here in verse 5. Let's look. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. This is in chapter 4. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant or a tree and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease the discomfort from the scorching heat. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But by dawn the next day, this is key, listen, God provided a worm which chewed the plant or tree so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He grew tired. You know how that sun beats down on you? Boy, he can suck the energy out of you. He wanted to die. And here's where he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Isn't that something? It would be better. Death, he said, death is better than this. He was sulking. It is, it is. He said, I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. That's what Jonah said. And then God said to him again, okay. You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend or make it grow. It sprang out up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh and the people there within, in which there are more than 120,000 who cannot tell the right from their left and also many animals? You feel sorry. The same translation in the Living Bible. God said, you feel sorry for yourself when your shelter is destroyed. Listen, his shelter, his, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His peace, if you will, okay? He found shelter there. He found, he found some some solace there, all right? Should you feel sorry for yourself when your shelter is destroyed, though you did not work to put it there, and it is, at best, short-lived. And why shouldn't I feel sorry for a great city like Nineveh with its, one, with its 120,000 people in utter spiritual darkness and all its cattle? So God made a point here, all right? He made it a point to, to redirect Jonah to let him know, hey, you can you certainly can stop running. You don't have to run. Because what what I my will be done, and I come to you and ask you, I desire for you to be compliant. I desire for you 
to have a heart to want to do it. But listen, even in that compliance, God is not forceful. Because go back, read. Read the book of Jonah. It's a good read. Four chapters. That's it. And you'll see God gave Jonah the room to be angry. He gave him the room to run, to be angry, to be mad, uh, to, to be ungrateful. Henceforth, the tree that God provided for shade. Okay? He allowed, God allowed that to, to help him, to give the word I was looking for, the security of that shelter. But once that security of that shelter was removed, and this is certainly illustrated metaphorically, but it actually in reality in this story, when it was removed, Jonah's tomb changed again, and it revealed something. Not It didn't reveal necessarily God, because God is going to be God. It's going to do what God does. But it revealed the heart of Jonah. So friends, today, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you guys. Look. Let's trust that, that God knew what needed to happen in Jonah's life. Okay, as we read that, and there's been various debates, scholarly debates, educational debates, biblical debates, and so on and so forth, forth theological debates as to, to the truth of a, a giant fish, whale, some say, that swallowed Jonah, and the details there within. But you know, I, I'll tell you guys, I trust in faith. It's in God's word that was in there. And there's so much to be learned by that. And certainly, I'm not going to get, I urge you not to get caught up in the, in the detail of it, but in the message. And the overall message was this. Let's trust God in us, okay? Much like my son, when he finally relents and stops running and then gets himself into bed, we get him into bed. Let's trust that, for example, mommy and daddy, mommy and daddy bear, have Isaac's best interest at hand. Likewise, God has our interest, best interest at hand. So fleeing from God's plan for our, indi for our individual lives, is, is, uh, let's, let's quit, excuse me, let's quit running and fleeing from God's plan for our individual lives. And, and, and I'd say, submit to you that we would trust that he knows better than we do. Much like a parent with a child getting ready for bed, for instance. So the question is today, why are you running? Ask, you got to ask yourself, why am I running? Okay. What has been, what God has come to you, what has been the Tarshish in your life? Okay. What has been the Nineveh, the place where God is saying, deliver, possibly deliver. I need you to go here and drop off my word, this message. I need you to deliver this. Where is that place where God is trying to send you and send you to? And where's your Tarshish where you're trying to flee to away from him? Okay. Are you fleeing the rest as far as the rest that God's going to give, the peace that God's going to give there? The satisfaction of knowing that you, you followed and listened to what God had to say for you and to, to guide you? Are you dodging God's destiny for you, my friends? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Lord, we just ask right now, here today, today, God, we ask for your continued guidance, your blessing. Father, we ask for your direction. God, we continue to ask for your mercy. 
your grace and your understanding and your love, which God, we, we know that we, we don't really necessarily have to ask for that because God, as we saw in our story with Jonah, you're going to give that. <clears throat> God, you're going, to, you're going to allow us the room to get mad and angry and sulk and whatever it is and even be disobedient, God. You, in your grace and mercy and love and flexibility, God, you, you give us and allow for us that space. Thank you, God, for that because you are God and we thank you. We praise you, God. Father, help us to quit dodging the destiny that you have for us. God, help us to quit running from our destiny. Help us instead of running in the, to our Tarshish. Father, help us to run to our Nineveh. God, give us the strength and the courage, your love, compassion, and mercy, and all those wonderful attributes that are you and enveloped in love, Father. Help us. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God, because we know our destiny awaits us. And our destiny has, 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 has been revealed to some of us. And if it hasn't, Father, open our eyes and open our hearts so that we can receive that from you. We thank you again, Jesus. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Friends, what is your destiny? I don't know, you say? Ask God. God bless.